Hey, this is Jacob from Geekenspiel. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that for the fourth year in a row, Geekenspiel will be participating in the Extra Life Game Day Marathon, where we play games for 24 hours straight to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Join Jeff and I as we team up with the lovely pair of bedtime gamers, as well as a bunch of our other friends who are going to help us raise money for children's hospitals. You can find the link to our team page included in this podcast's notes. Game day is November 2nd, so remember, give freely and give generously, because it's for the kids. Jacked a car and no, no. <laughs> For the last like two year, two two and a half years or so, Anita and I have been going to a a martial arts, not as martial arts, but a MMA gym, boxing MMA gym. Yeah, uh, which is incredible because Anita has been getting jacked and I am am still very fat. But I've been <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing progress with it. You're looking good. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, Anita looks good too. She's got she's and uh, and the way she she can almost kick my head now. She can kick to about my shoulder. Uh, she's getting to my neck, but she can't kick my head yet. And um, for size reference, she's like five three, and I'm six foot. So that's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And it's scary because then she beats me up, and then everyone laughs about it. But maybe it's not. It's it's maybe it hurts me. That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> but yeah, she she kicks me, and everyone laughs at it. And and. And I'm a little sad. Yeah, no, you got to watch out for the small people. Yeah. They, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, owner of my karate school, he's about five foot, and he could beat the living crap out of anybody. That's incredible. That's, I mean, you got to, right? Like, if you're that small and in, in, in something that involves, like, weight and size where that really matters. But that's what brings me to what I did last night. So the gym held their second annual, like, because they did this for the first time. Last year, they held a big tournament. Uh, they had a bunch of people from, oh, what was it last year? They had, I think, people came from Australia to fight uh, wow. against people here, the Waco, USA, and everything like that. So this this time, they had the same thing. They held it at a Doubletree Hilton somewhere in Augusta. The venue was fine. You know, it was a, it was a nice hotel, but it seemed kind of weird. And uh, so I saw lots of people I know from the gym, and Anita and I are cheering everyone on. You know, we really want uh, our friends and, and, and co- you know, workout people to succeed. But the big headliner, the big headline match were between these two, uh, the, the, I guess, kind of amateurs. They're, they're, they're just getting to the professional thing now. Mm-hmm. And one of them, the guy, he, he calls himself Zeus Frazier. He, he says he claims to be the son of legendary boxer Smokin' Joe Frazier. Okay. I don't think he's lying, but I'm like trying to find do some research on him to see about like other stuff he's done and other websites are kinda like, well he claims to be, you know, we don't know, and so it doesn't matter. I, I, I met him briefly. He seemed like a very nice guy. He is seven foot tall. Wow. He is seven feet tall. He is over three hundred pounds. And cool. it's it's all muscle. The gym has like a, a large kind of sort of metal a grid pattern that holds maybe like a dozen or so more heavy bags. And you know how heavy those things can get. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
So this thing is like steel girders to hold this stuff up. The man is like punching these and the whole thing is shaking. It was the scariest thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) So, of course, I'm excited to see this guy in action. And I think everyone was. Everyone was coming out to see what this man was capable of. And so he goes up against this guy from Los Angeles who came all the way from here. He is six foot tall, this this opponent. So he's a foot shorter. He's only 220 pounds. He's jacked. He looks like a bodybuilder. He looks like if you got punched by him, you would not wake up. But next to this man, <laughs> at one point, I swear to God, he looked, he must have looked frightened because what do you do when you have, he couldn't even reach him. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Uh, the guy gets kind of like punched and he kind of gets knocked over a little bit and they and they go and check on him. He gets up and that was like five seconds in. The guy gets up, the the ref says, keep going. And they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then this Zeus guy gets one good punch at this guy's head and he goes down. This was 10 seconds into the first round. It was over. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So here's here was the thing. I had watched maybe I forgot how many. There were ten other matches beforehand. They were all fairly evenly matched, although there were some like height and weight discrepancies that kinda you know, where I was like, Oh, that guy's way too tall to go up against that person and it and it showed. Like the or the weight class was was very different and it was it affected it. But for the most part, there was it was good bouts. This was so one sided and so violent. <laughs> Uh, Anita and I were the only ones who did not like start getting up and cheering. Everyone's going nuts. They're rushing the stage. They're all like, like, oh yeah, they're, they're at the ring. Like, Ooh. I was kind of terrified. Like, <laughs> this just like it didn't seem fair. This poor man was brought across the country to essentially get punched out in ten seconds by by the greatest amount of brute force I've ever seen in real life. Suddenly the appeal of watching like martial arts and such kind of dripped away. I'm like, this isn't fun, but everyone's going nuts around me. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, unfortunately, there's a lot of height and weight differences. Generally they try to keep the weight differences down to a minimum. That's why they always have like, you have to make X weight to get into this fight unfortunately sometimes you just get out outclassed by someone and there's not a lot you can do about it i know like i just was i was wondering what could this guy do he couldn't get close because then he get punched <laughs> and then <laughs> if he got and he couldn't stay far away because then he wouldn't be able to hit him it's just like there was yeah what you have to really do in those situ- kinds of situations is to kind of pick your time Try and beat them to throw something, overcompensate, and then you come in to basically take advantage of the opening that they make. But unfortunately, with this guy Zeus, he had the range, he had the power, and all it really takes is that one lucky shot to knock someone out. That's exactly what happened. You know, every once in a while, I've I've had the idea of maybe like doing one of the sparring classes, and that just kind of cemented that no, I don't feel like getting punched in the face. It usually isn't that bad. What we can do is that next time you're up here, I can get you some sparring gear, and we can go one on one, bare knuckle. All right, I want everyone to hear this. Jeffrey is offering to slaughter me with his bare hands. I like how you said both sparring gear and knuckle the knuckle. So when when you find my body in the dumpster somewhere in in Deer Park, Long Island. (laughs) 
because what happens during the like the sparring classes, things like that, is that hopefully the people will work with you with that. They'll go at kind of like the slower pace so then you can get used to it. And then eventually they'll start turning it up a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's kind of how you get the experience. I don't know. They keep trying to get Anita to do it because she's a woman and they have very few of them. So they have trouble finding sparring partners. Oh, yeah. And the women who come there, uh, they're fantastic. We have this one person who's I think she focuses on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She actually lived there for a little bit. She, She brought her kids down and they so she could like compete and train. And she's just up here now. Now she's teaching a women's class on Saturdays that Anita really likes. It's kind of like half self-defense, half sort of like movement. You know, she learned how to fall correctly and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And I kept showing up, like putting a wig on and, you know, (laughs) trying to pretend like, and they, for some reason they didn't buy it. So I wasn't allowed in the class, but she Mm. really likes that. But I don't think, I don't think she likes the idea of throwing punches or getting hit. Although I'm sure she'd be fine throwing punches. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What it is is that it's one thing to hit a bag. It's the other thing to hit a person. Yeah. Because the person hits back. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. Like, they teach us uh, technique and what to do and all this stuff in the classes. And then I'm seeing the people teaching me go up there. I don't see so much technique. I see kicking and punching <laughs> because I'm sure the minute someone's throwing stuff at you, it's much harder to get in the moment to, like, remember the correct thing to do because it, it must be very difficult. Oh, yeah, it is. Everyone comes in with a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Then that plan goes out the window. <laughs> Who who said that? Wasn't that um uh what's Mike Tyson? Yeah. <laughs> Thus are the continued adventures of Jacob skirting around the brim of mixed martial arts. So Jeff, let me tell you the two things I missed about movies. The first thing I missed about movies was when I was more active with the blog and I went to a movie every weekend so that I could review them. And since I had to stop doing the writing of the blog for, for other reasons, I missed being able to see as many movies as I did. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the second thing I missed about movies was? What? I think it was when I used to live back in Babylon after college for a little bit, and you and I would go see whatever the hell was coming out. Yes. I knew if there was a movie that no one else would want to see, at least I knew you wanted to see it with me. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't forgiven you for having us watch Avatar. <laughs> not, yeah. not, not the John Cameron movie. <laughs> the the not... M. Night Shyamalan movie. The Last Airbender. Are you still holding a grudge about that? Because oh, you hell. should. That yes. was awful. <laughs> Oh, it was so bad. You You knew you wanted to see what was happening in that movie deep down deep down there was a part of you (laughs) oh my i did but then i immediately said i regret my decision i think there was a 90 minute movie that took us three hours yeah yeah i think so i think we kept pausing it to like get snacks and reassess our lives and neither of us said hey let's just stop watching this no it's all on us Yes. It's all on me, but it's all on us. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a good bad like like the Street Fighter movie, which is entertaining. It's a bad movie that's that's also really fun. Mm-hmm. Or 
or the room, which is <laughs> just, which is yeah, a, you can just leave it there. It's so, it's so not fun. And, uh, but the one that always sticks out to me, cause we, we saw that we rented that through, through Netflix back when we used to get actual discs from them instead of, you know, streaming. Oh yeah. The one that jumps out at me was Jonah Hex. Cause uh, I remember you fell asleep in that movie and I went this, that was also an 80 minute movie that felt like forever. That was really bad. Yeah, no, that was uh, another horrible one. I'm actually glad that I got a nap in there. Cause when I woke up, I actually felt fairly refreshed. <laughs> and then I remembered that I was in this movie. Uh, <laughs> that's why today on today's podcast, I wanted to talk about, the summer movies 2019 things that we did get around to see the big releases and i wanted to start off by saying that first and foremost that uh disney now controls our lives that's just the fact of it yeah it's really becoming like the uh cyberpunk mega corporations and disney is definitely the uh the media mega corporation right now are we getting closer to to all the cool cyberpunk animes? Like, is this going to be Ghost in the Shell and all those other ones? I think so. I, I hope I, not. I, I hope so. I mean, I mean, I don't want that. No, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Let's approach this. How, should we do this alphabetically, maybe? How about you see a movie, then I see a movie, then you see a movie, then I see a movie. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. Okay, cool. And ranked in no particular order for, on my side okay, here. Yes, we will, we will. We're just going to go back and forth on movies. We're not gonna. This has nothing to do with rank. This has no concept of like one being better than the other. I'm gonna start off then, and I think we're just gonna go. I think it's time to just go big or go home to start off with. And I think we need to talk about Avengers Endgame. Yes, Avengers Endgame. We saw it three times in theaters. I saw it twice. Did you see the extended one? I did not. Let me tell you, it was not worth the the price. It was just a bunch of like the stuff you'd see on like DVD extras. It was nothing. Uh. Special. It was not worth it. It was there was a really touching thing to Stan Lee that was really nice. They could have easily put that before the movie at, at any point, and then they had one cut scene that wasn't fully like done. So like it had the Hulk in it, and he was the cgi was like very basic and and terrible and very clearly cgi and the, the and i could see why they cut the scene it didn't it wasn't necessary it was also like only like 30 seconds so i don't know why they even showed it to us it was because they wanted to beat avatar and they did and i'm glad they did but still yeah what did you think of this as the culmination of 22 movies of the the longest cinematic universe ever made i absolutely loved it there were a couple of things that were like, hey, they could have done this different, or why didn't this person show up more? But overall, it was excellent. I loved it. We're going to be talking about spoilers, so if you've not yet seen Avengers Endgame, uh, skip ahead to another movie or to the end of this section, because we're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, I, I asked Anita for all of her opinions on these movies, because I'm going to share both mine and hers, because uh, I think she has some interesting <laughs> insights and points of view, because she's not as big of like a movie nerd as we are, but she mm -hmm. loves, she loves what she loves and she loves the Marvel movies. 
especially Captain America. So, which is why for her notes, I have that she audibly sobbed <laughs> during each time we saw the movie. No. Yeah. We were so scared he was going to die, but his ending still like, it's, it's like bittersweet. It's sad. It's cute. And she got real, real sad. And um, yeah, it was really done well. I would say go so far as to say it is the best Marvel movie. Yes. I was pausing there because I was just kind of ranking everything in my head. and Which like, is hard. Yeah. Oh, God, yes, it is. Anita and I try to do this. We It's very hard to think to figure out, like, a personal top five, let alone, like, a top... A top ten's easier, but a top five is really hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely, it is. Avengers Endgame was amazing. I... When the last movie came out last year, Infinity Wars, I didn't know what they were going to do. And I figured there was going to be some type of time-traveling shenanigans. And there was. But the way they did it was so good and just made so much sense. And the story was so satisfying. And also very comic booky. And one of the things I really loved about it was how these character pairs that you'd never expect kind of came together. And, and the way they acted with each other. Don Cheadle's... Rhodey, the way he interacted with Nebula was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. And like these character pairs you'd never seen in a million years, the way they kind of interacted was just uh, was brilliant. Uh, seeing Rocket give crap to to Tony Stark, that was that was great. Oh yeah, and just can I say that Thor was awesome in that movie? Oh my god, the choice they made to keep that the whole time, I loved that. That he got so like fat and drunk from what i understand they were gonna have him show up like that and then he was gonna like lose the weight and chris hemsworth apparently told them no we got to keep this the whole movie and i think that was a brilliant choice oh yeah it was definitely if all of a sudden he transformed back and he was all buff and everything it wouldn't have been the same no it wouldn't have and i think they got a lot out of it both in like cheap jokes but also like to kind of express his his emotions and his loss so i thought that was really good yeah, because he was seriously suffering through the bout of depression, anxiety, and just everything. <laughs> yeah, and that was and and they did a really good job with that. And and I agree that was a that was probably one of the, <laughs> that was one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, we could sit here and gush about Avengers Endgame forever, but we will have to move on. But I, I guess there's not much more I want to say about it because I just felt very satisfied. With this movie, I had very few complaints. I probably would have given it a four and a half or a five out of five uh, on the rating scale. Yeah, same here, I think. So that was the one I wanted to bring up. What do you got for us? So let's keep on going with the endgame and let's go with its sequel, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. This one was the Sony and Marvel collaboration and the follow-up to the Aftermath of Endgame. So again, spoilers for this one. It was just amazing how they portrayed Peter Parker after Tony Stark's death and just kind of what was going on with him about that. That he kind of lost like another father figure, right? Like between his Uncle Ben and yeah. Can I just say that I'm glad that we didn't get to see the Uncle Ben origin story for the 50th freaking time? (laughs) Yes, amen. It's, we we yeah, get it. He's yeah. dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a little tangent here. But Do it. Batman with the with Batfleck. It was cool seeing the guy who plays Negan play uh, Thomas Wayne. But just for the love of God, don't do it again because we've seen it like, what, 
20 times maybe a million times a million times i think there's enough time that we don't need to get another rehash of the death scene wayne's parents died yes it's horrible yes it's a defining characteristic but not anymore please whoever replaces ben affleck as batman don't do another scene of it for the love of isn't it robert pattinson i actually haven't heard anything i haven't really been keeping up with those okay i thought i heard a thing saying it might be robert pattinson do with that information as you will (laughs) Eh, but yeah back to spider-man far from home i just loved the interaction between peter parker nick fury and uh, mysterio and just kind of like hey i'm still a high school kid i want to live my life i don't want to be strapped down by this superhero identity like everyone else has yeah it was such a difference between the first one that he was in homecoming where he wanted to be the superhero he wanted to ignore the school life and now he's like no man i just want to go on my school trip with uh with my buddy and this girl i like and you know the world can save itself yeah no and it was good because you saw that he was still grieving he just wanted to break he just wanted to couple of days a week to just kind of process everything that's been going on yeah and i absolutely loved jake gyllenhaal in this movie yes yes he was so good he was oh he was so good yeah can i talk about mysterio for a second anyone who's like a a spider-man comics fan saw all of that coming a mile away and it was still incredible oh god yes it was yes like he had a stage crew backing him up and like he made it all like like a theatrical performance or like a movie set you know he he's, he's trying to be look like a good guy but he's actually a bad guy and the fact that they were able to bring it into the whole stark background you you had spider-man who is like a protege of iron man and he's missing him. But at the same time, there were people who were also protégés of Iron Man who did not have the same affection for him. And what they're trying to do is... Destroy his legacy. Yeah, it's exactly. And and it's just done so well. And like Mysterio, he, he's kind of a... I, I, never know, I never know how to accept him. He's kind of a doofy character, but he's also part of some pretty badass storylines oh yeah he was in the comics and the shows because he, he, he can be kind of scary because he's got that whole you know mess with your mind thing and that section in the movie oh so good oh it's my the God. trippiest thing i loved it you know spider-man needed a good challenge and this one he trusts someone and he gets hurt he he gets his mind and his feelings all like torn up and he's just devastated and it and it was just it was the perfect type of opponent i think for a sequel after endgame yeah absolutely i agree with that and i know that we said that oh avengers endgame is our favorite movie and we didn't do too much talking about it and here we're getting really excited about spider-man far from home (laughs) because it surprised me (laughs) yes yes it did and just the fact that it's the fresher one that came out we have a lot more uh fresh memories on it versus like Endgame, which came out two months earlier, I think. Yeah, it came out two months and it's been out on video now. You can get it online or or on DVD or Blu-ray. I have it on Blu-ray. We haven't actually rewatched it yet. We're not sure we're ready for that kind of emotion yet. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because I was here's the thing. At that point, I was feeling marveled out. Endgame is such a ending 
I thought a Spider-Man movie, which already there's too many Spider-Man movies coming out two months afterwards, I just felt sort of like overwhelmed with it. I'm like, after Endgame, I'm like, how are they going to do anything? And then this movie came out and it surprised me a lot. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Anita, the first time she didn't really like it that much because she was upset. (laughs) This is she was upset that they weren't focusing enough on Captain America being gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like his connections with Iron Man, not with your hopeful boyfriend. And and uh, and she was sad about it. <laughs> I would also like to say that if uh, Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth asked my wife to run away from me and go with them, she wouldn't even think about it. So that's where I am. Wow. But then again, yeah, I I'd agree with that. <laughs> Sorry, you have no sympathy on my part. There. I know. I oh, no, you I have... agree. I would I would I would sh- I would show them to the door. I'd be like, "Yes, yes, sir, please." <laughs> Tom Holland as Spider-Man, he's so good and we really enjoyed Zendaya too. I think the way her her take on MJ is so unique and she does it so well that it's kind of refreshing to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's she's a kind of that punky goth type and you're so used to seeing like the uh, cheerleader type yes with mj and it's like ah it's refreshing yeah she's always ends up like trying to become an actress or a model or something like that and uh, which is fine i know that have you played the video game spider-man no i haven't played the ps4 one yet I got to lend that to you. It's got a great uh, MJ in it. Very similar in a way, but uh, in, in terms of being a more focusing more on like a strong female character as opposed to just like a romantic interest. Damsel in distress. Yes, exactly. Next list we do, we have to write the top five MJs. You know what's scary is that we can do that. <laughs> There's so many we Spider-Mans could. we can do that. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next one? Yes, sir. It's your choice. All right, so let's just keep this Marvel train going and talk about Captain Marvel. Hell yeah. So Captain Marvel, I was excited about because there was a period of time for about a couple of years between like 2011 and 2014 where I was reading comics actively, like the single issue one. And one that I started picking up a lot was Captain Marvel, which uh, appealed to me because there was this beautiful cover they had of one which just drew me in where she's looking up at the stars, you know, wearing a flight jacket and just looking up at the stars and she can't fly at the moment. You know, she's looking at the one thing she loves doing and she can't do it. And it's such a striking cover. And I thought it was great. So I'm like, I got to pick this up. And then I found out Captain Marvel, you know, despite not being well known, I think by like most of pop culture outside of comic fans, like she had a really strong following in that run by Kelly Sue DeConnick whose husband, Matt Fraction, also wrote the really good Hawkeye uh, run that I wish that they had adapted. So the two of them are like, they're they're both comic writing powerhouses. So I was excited about the Captain Marvel movie, and they took a lot of her characterization. I think she was a, either, a, like, she was either a co- consultant on the movie or one of the writers. So we saw Captain Marvel, and and the thing about Captain Marvel, the movie was, I liked it. I didn't think it was amazing. Yeah, I agree. I didn't think it was on par with like Spider-Man or Avengers Endgame, but it was a good origin story for the character. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they had... Uh, oh, son of a... Uh, who was act- the... Oh, the actor's yeah. name? Oh, God. What's his name? Oh, God. He's in everything. Um, <laughs> the, guy, the guy who plays the bad guy in everything. Uh <laughs> 
he was in he was in Rogue One. He was in um, Ready Player One. I guess he likes movies with one in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Oh my god, he's to the internet. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn was awesome. He was very good. Freaking Samuel L. Jackson. You can't not look at him when he's on the screen. He just draws you in. Every orifice bleeds out charisma. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's so entertaining, and I'm glad that we got to see more of him in a movie. Oh, yeah, and same here, definitely. And he learned how he lost his eye. <laughs> <and> that, uh, <laughs> that was so good. Uh, Captain Marvel, a, a good movie. It had some problems, though. I feel like... Brie Larson didn't have a lot to work with, so I feel like we didn't really get a lot of her personality as the character. Uh, the, the the origin story was mm-hmm. fine, but they were definitely focused on world building and trying to expand this into the future, other Marvel properties, which was a problem. They were also trying to tie it into the past a lot more instead of kind of making its own thing. And uh, I hope to see more of it. I, I, I'm excited for what's going to come next, but... It wasn't a movie where I was like, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see this again. I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I really liked it. But it, again, it didn't excite me as much as the other ones. But I can I can see where they wanted, what they wanted to do with it. Because they made Captain Marvel. They kind of hyped her up to be a really big part of Endgame. And she did have a big part. Not going to lie, she did. But it was still focused a lot on the original cast versus the the newer ones. Yeah, but she was in it less than some of the other side characters. Nebula, Rocket, yeah. Ant-Man, War Machine, they all got a, a lot more screen time than than she did. And Koye, too, from, from Black Panther, she also was barely in the movie, which was kind of a shame. Sad, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, but then again, if they did try to do that, I think they'd run into the... X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Freaking. I'd like to say for the movies we're talking about, neither of us have um, Dark Phoenix on our list. Yeah, no, no. I haven't seen it. I'm morbidly curious to see it, but I'll probably see it when it's on Netflix or on uh, whatever Disney's Plus or whatever they, they decide. Or FXX or some nonsense. Yeah. No, I'm, I, don't, I don't care. I stopped caring about that world a while ago. That's Captain Marvel. You're up next, sir. What do you got? Moving away from the comic books, let's delve into the world of video games with Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yay! Detective Pikachu is a mixed CGI live-action movie where it's based in the world of Pokemon. And if you've never heard of it, where have you been? What <laughs> rock have you been hiding under? Oh my god, where's Emily and Sean right now? I... I... <laughs> <laughs> So, it's based in the world of Pokemon. It's a, just in case you haven't seen it, it's a world based on an offshoot of ours where there are monsters roaming around that people uh, capture and train to eventually become the very best there ever was. This follows the story of, of a kid who goes into the city because his father was reported missing slash dead. He meets a Pikachu that... He, only he can understand. They go off and try and solve the mystery of his father's disappearance. You've seen this, right? I have seen this. How heartbreaking was seeing Ryan Reynolds singing the Pokemon theme song so sadly? Did your theater laugh? Because we cracked up 
it was the funniest thing in a movie where Ryan Reynolds is already being pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious, but it was still I felt a little heartbroken because of it because it was like, oh. what did you think of it then? I loved it. It is by far the best uh, film adaptation of a video game. It wasn't a kind of pasted on theme. They really got into the heart of it and all the stuff that was going on. They even had Pokemon battles going on during it. And it was just, oh, so good. I'm going to have to 100% agree with you here. Good. I, I wanted to see this movie because it looked interesting and because I love Ryan Reynolds. And the movie got panned. It did not get great reviews. It is not even the most well-reviewed video game movie, apparently, which I don't understand because... I sat there and I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. Yes. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought the guy who who played the kid who was going around with him or like the teenager, however, young adult, whatever he was, uh, was was really good. I thought the 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 visuals were really good. And the like the story was like, OK, but it was it was very entertaining. Yes. And Bill Nighy was awesome as the. As the bad guy in it. Where did he come from? Like, they got, how did they I get don't Bill know. Like, <laughs> they got Ken Watanabe, too. Ken it's Watanabe like, was useless in that movie. Why'd they even put him in the movie? <laughs> they just put him in here for his voice. Yeah, they were like, we, we need a guy with a sexy voice. Let's see. No, no, not Idris Elba. No, no. Well, he's Japanese, too, right? Like, I guess they felt they needed to represent the Pokemon homeland a bit or something because it was almost entirely like an American cast except for Bill Nye. Yeah. Fun fact was that like the original Japanese voice actor who did the Pikachu voices did a lot of the voices for for Pokemon as well. Oh, neat. I did not realize that. They had like a whole bunch of uh, little Easter eggs here and there for the movie and oh so good i love that two facts i found out about it one bill nye didn't know anything about pokemon and apparently now he's a pokemon fan after doing the movie like he kind of dove into it to kind of get a better idea and he really likes it and i think that's hysterical oh i love that yeah that's great right uh, yes the other thing is that apparently i forget what studio released this but there they had been kind of in talks with um the pokemon team I forget what they're called, the company that kind of makes Pokemon, the ones that like own the characters and everything. The Pokemon Company. Yeah, they wanted they wanted to I I, I think that's their name, right? Pokemon Company? Yes. Mr. and Mrs. Pokemon, they run it. Uh no. So Or Game Freak. Th- it was Game Freak, but I think they also had like a either it was a subsidiary or something where it's actually the Pokemon Company. Yeah, the Pokemon Company, they've been talking to them about making movies, and they had a, a huge hand in this. They were telling the studio constantly what they were allowed to do, what they weren't allowed to do, what, how they should represent the characters, which ones would be allowed to be shown in it. And I think that actually worked out better because they wanted to make a a Pokemon movie, and the group was the organization, the company was like, no, we don't know if this is going to do well. Start off with this one first, and we'll see how it goes. I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, if you told me three years ago that Ryan Reynolds was going to voice Pikachu, I would be like, you're smoking something. And it just (laughs) and I and I have to hand it to this man's talents. It makes no sense. It doesn't it doesn't work. And yet he made it work. 
Yes, he did. He is a he's a genius. <laughs> he is. He's he's a he's an acting comedic genius. I will fight anyone who says otherwise. But it was it was a cute movie. Uh, Anita liked it too. We saw it with Eric, and Eric's a big fan of Pokemon, so he he enjoyed it. But she didn't get a lot of like the call outs and stuff like that. Oh, the girl was terrible, by the way. I I hate to say. Oh, this. absolutely, she was. Yeah, no. I don't know where they got her, but that was it was very bad. Overall, the whole entire thing was just a fun ride. Now, this is going to be a rant. I'm gonna I'm gonna combine two movies here. We're going to talk about Aladdin and Toy Story four. Now you have not seen either of those, right? Correct, I haven't. I still haven't seen Toy Story three. Oh, 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 you haven't. Okay, I highly recommend you go see Toy Story three. I do not recommend you see Toy Story four. No. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. We were talking about how Disney is apparently you know the mega corporation that will take over the world now. And I had gotten into a conversation about this, actually, with a friend of mine who's a huge Disney fan. She and I had a disagreement about the direction the company's going. She she thinks that this is the normal Disney cycle. They're pumping out nothing but they're pumping out sequels and franchise stuff. And there's nothing like really original coming out. And it's kind of stagnating. And I'm saying that, like, they're not going to make new things because they don't need to now because they own so much intellectual property because of the Fox merger. Yep. And she disagrees. She thinks Disney goes through this cycle every 15 years. They're going to bounce back with something new that's going to completely revolutionize the industry, which they have done before and they continue to do. So which one's going to succeed? Mm-hmm. Aladdin and Toy Story 4 are one of the four movies this year that breached $1 billion. Holy crap. The other ones being Avengers Endgame and Lion King, which I did not see. I previously reviewed the Jungle Book movie and Beauty and the Beast when they re-released them. And I liked the Jungle Book one. I was kind of lukewarm about Beauty and the Beast. And as time goes on, I've become more against it. And Aladdin is just another thing. The reason I want to bring them together, Aladdin and Toy Story 4, is they're both movies that make you go, why? Why were these made? And they're pointless. And people loved Toy Story 4. And there's no reason for it. Because the, the, the movie series ends at 3 in such a perfect way. And the weirdest thing is, is this is a kid's movie. This is a movie designed for children. And Toy Story 4 kind of forgot that completely. The movie is almost entirely designed, I feel like, for adults and people who grew up with the movies. Oh. It's visually, visually very pretty. The story is pointless. It makes you ask a lot of existential questions that kind of take you out of the, you know, the, oh, toys come to life thing. Oh, wait, what are the limits here? Well, now we're actually answering those questions, but we're not fully answering them. So have fun not being able to sleep at night thinking about that. <laughs> and and Aladdin, too, like, I could go on and say what was good about it, what was bad about it, because it had some good things and it had some bad things. But the point of the matter is, is this is part of Disney's this is their modus operandi. They continue to pump this crap out or they make Pixar pump this crap out. Cause I'm almost positive. Like all the sequels that Pixar ever did were not by their own, not by their own, uh, design. Mm-hmm. Disney just released a toy story land about a year or two ago that, they, that I think just like last year in Disney world in the, uh, the Hollywood studios. And it's cool. It's a very cool area. The ride's really fun. Anita and I got to go on it. It's it's very Toy Story. But that's what Disney does, is they need to keep their properties relevant as much as possible. This is why the vault system 
came into place where they would release a movie every couple years and say, get it for a limited time now. So that way it comes back into public consciousness because if it's available all the time, it'll get saturated. But by making mm-hmm. it special, people remember why Cinderella and Snow White and 101 Dalmatians are all, you know, these important things. And now they're not doing that anymore. They're stopping the vault system because Disney Plus is going to come out. And now that these things will constantly be on your mind, they don't have to worry about making sure their properties stay relevant so people keep coming to the parks and stuff. Because if you go to Universal Studios, for example, there's a ride for the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummy and Twister. Those haven't been relevant since God knows when. But you go to Disney, everything's relevant. Everyone wants to be part of everything there at all times. And which is the magic of Disney. They create these properties people want to be part of. And this is just kind of like these, they're kind of cash grabs and it's, it kind of shows through and I just, I'm a little sick of it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I heard things about Aladdin. I'm still curious to see it, but I can understand just, just Disney's becoming very big and just kind of wants to take over the world. It seems yeah, I think there's going to be some antitrust stuff coming with, out with them soon. I, f- I think they're going to get in trouble at some point. Yeah, absolutely, because as of late, the a lot of companies, they've been merging, and eventually they're just going to get so big where nobody can compete. And then it's like, oh, you want to see these movies? I'm sorry, that company's uh, out. Uh, but you do have all these Disney movies, or you have all these. Uh, f- uh, let's see what else is. God, there? what are the other companies now? You can't say 20th Century Fox because no, there's Sony. Yeah, there's Sony. There's uh, there's Lionsgate. Uh, there's a bunch. There's, <laughs> yeah, there are a bunch that we're not thinking of, but just overall, it's like everybody's purchasing up all the others and you see that in the board game industry too and video games board games uh, and video games it's it's gross how much what is it who's the one buying everything up in board games is that is that asthma day asthma day Day. they it's like and I, i can never tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing i think they're the ones who have their fingers in all the the digital games even if the company didn't make it they're the ones like producing the digital versions yeah absolutely they are and, but but board games are still so small in a way that it's kind of it, it's hard to see if there's going to be any positive or negative effects to that yet. Yeah, who knows? It's not like all their games are the only ones that people play. I mean, look at all the small publishers that still have good stuff. Stronghold is is a bigger name, but they're not huge, right? Yeah, they're not huge. Like there's Portal Games, there's uh, Renegades game studio renegade oh i love their stuff a fairly new company that's been really hitting their stride is restoration games oh yeah i played that fireball island and oh so good <laughs> uh there's calliope games that's a small one yeah and see here jacob and i know a lot more about board game publishers slash studios than we do about movie studios so <laughs> it's just kind of where my focus has been it's been such a disney centric summer that it's kind of like, look, look, we just talked about the movies we talked about now and, and, you know, we're running out of time and we haven't even touched on the other movies yet. And, yeah. And they're all like, they're, I think they were all Disney movies. Basically. Yeah. And I love Disney. I do. I'm a Disney fan, but, but it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to finish off our movie things, 
Do you mind if I just kind of machine gun through the rest of mine? Yeah, do yours and then I'll do mine and we'll, and we'll, and we'll, call, it, we'll call it quits. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so first off is going to be one on the much uh, much lower uh, tier movie, uh, 2019's Hellboy reboot. <laughs> so I went in there with no expectations, and I I wouldn't say that I wasn't disappointed, but I kind of enjoyed it. Like some parts, <laughs> some parts were awesome. Some parts were just like. Son of a... Why? <laughs> David Harbour was awesome as hell, boy. I love him. Yeah. And everybody else was... Yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah, fair. Uh, I'd suggest that if you were to try and watch it, see it on when it comes out on cable. That's, what I'm, that's my plan. Yeah, see it when it's on HBO or something. Next up is the movie Glass which was the end of the trilogy of M. Night Shyamalan's kind of uh, his take on the superhero movies. This one I enjoyed a lot. This didn't get good reviews either. It didn't, but I highly enjoyed it. It was just the way that they took the superhero genre and just kind of turned it on its head. It was interesting. Bruce Willis was a good character, but Definitely the highlight of that was, again, Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> followed cl- very closely by uh, James McEl- McElroy. McEl- McElroy? McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, there we go. McIntosh. Yes. Mac something. Both of them were awesome in it. There were a few twists where it was like, I was kind of expecting this, but still it was fun uh, twist ending for M. Night Shyamalan's usual modus operandi. And then my final choice here is Ready or Not, which just came out this week. And I've got to say, I freaking loved it. It's a dark comedy horror movie. What happens is that a girl marries into a very wealthy family that's the head of a board game company. Fun fact there. Really a board game company? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sweet. That's and funny. One... <laughs> yeah, it is. And one of their traditions is that whenever you get married into the family, you have to play a game. And the game they have to play is hide and seek with much deadlier consequences. <laughs> so basically, the the whole rich family is hunting down the new bride who happens to be, uh, let's see, from the foster system and is not that wealthy. So take that for what you will. It was just so funny. Like, it's gory, but it's not, it was a good gory. It wasn't like uh, gallons of blood everywhere or anything like that. But uh, it was it was fun. It was a fun movie. I think it's funny that they imply that board game designers have money, but okay. <laughs> or that board game well, companies they, have money. Well, they called it a board game Dominion. There already is a board game called Dominion. It's a card game and it's a deck builder. Yeah, I know. They're weird. Those were my real choices of what to talk about. I'd say if I was to rank the three, it'd definitely be Ready or Not, Glass, and then 
not far down, but just enough where you knew that they weren't gonna win. It's like that. It's like that person during the race. You haven't quite lapped them, but you're like close to you're getting it. real oh, close. <laughs> I'm a big Hellboy fan, so I might see it at some point. Just go see it for David Harbor. Don't have any expect expectations of it. I might check out Ready or Not with your uh, suggestion there. Let me go ahead then and, and go through my things real quick here. Alita Battle Angel, which I, I I wanted to see since I saw the trailers because it looked really cool. I didn't know anything about it. It's based on a manga, right? Or an anime or something like that. Manga, yeah. It's based on a manga. And um, I don't know how faithful it is. I don't care because I don't, I don't know who the lead actress, I don't know who her name is, but I know that... Um, Oh, what's his name from Inglorious Bastards, isn't it? Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz is in it, and he's great because everything he touches is is great usually. And mm-hmm. it was here. Here was my assessment in 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 one line. It is a really stupid movie, comma. <laughs> I really liked it, and <laughs> and that's the thing. I actually can't explain why I enjoyed it because it kind of is not a good movie jeff i think you're gonna love it i think it's in your wheelhouse i think it's right oh, up your definitely. alley um because i'm surprised you hadn't seen it yet uh so maybe you'll rent it or something it's i enjoyed it it's it's entertaining i would probably watch it again if it was on tv uh that's my take on that the, the other one is that i have down is stuber it's a comedy with dave Batista and kumail nagiani mm-hmm both of which are people that both Anita and I both enjoy, and she loves Kumail and everything he's in. She's she just adores. So we had to go see this, and it's basically a comedy where he plays an Uber driver named Stu, and he has to he gets he picks up as a person uh, a cop played by Dave Batista, who can't see for the moment because he just had eye surgery, um, or he had, he just had LASIK essentially, uh, but he just found out that. Um, he, he just found out that a person he had been um, who killed his partner like not so long ago. And his partner, by the way, is, is played by Karen. Is it Gillen or Gillen? Gillen, I think. Karen Gillen. And it's just very funny to see these two Guardians of the Galaxy actors uh, basically in a big fight scene taking place in one of the Atlanta hotels, mind you, which I was very familiar with. So I thought that was fun to see where they actually filmed that. Um, and I'm wondering if they did this while they were filming there for, for one of the Avengers movies, like Endgame or something like that, probably. Yeah, probably. And basically it's this whirlwind comedy where, where Dave Bautista, this big badass guy, takes poor Kumail Nagiani around and while, while he tries to take down a, a crime lord who's played by someone you may be familiar with, Jeff, I believe. Uh, Eco Oase. Yeah, Eco Oase. He's from a little movie that I that I heard that you enjoyed a little bit. The Raid, The Raid 2, <laughs> basically anything. And, and and if case you can't tell from my, my tone, Jeff is a big Raid fan. Oh, God, yes, I am. Yeah. He was, like, okay in the movie. Uh, he, he was fine. And the movie was, it was good. It was funny. It wasn't amazing. It is the perfect kind of thing where it's like, uh, you want to watch something dumb and funny? Yeah, I'll go pick up Stuber. It's it, it you won't you won't regret it, but it's not like it's not going to change your life or anything. But it did have some very funny moments. But overall, the movie's kind of like okay. Ah, oh, that's good. And then finally, the last one I have to talk about, well, real quick here is Godzilla: King of Monsters. Ooh. This to me was disappointing, uh, mostly because I wanted more monster fights. They put more of them in, and I still didn't think they did a good job. 
in a way, I was wrong about my review on Shin Godzilla because I didn't understand the subtext under it, talking about like um, the issues that Japan had with its bureaucracy during the the issues with the the nuclear facilities and everything. So I missed a lot of what the movie was trying to say when I first saw it. Like I, it, it went over my head. So when I reviewed it, I gave it a very bad review. And uh, but in a way, that's kind of why this movie's not so good. And I'm going to direct anyone listening to this to go to themarysue.com. It's a, a great website. And there is an article here by uh, Princess Weeks called People Love Godzilla. They Just Hate Boring Humans and Wonky Thanos Plots. <laughs> and really, it's it, it hits the nail on the head on the frustration that I think people felt seeing this movie. It's a very good article. I'll see if I can link it. Uh, and I recommend reading that. And that's why uh, that was my frustration with it. And I love Godzilla. There was one last one on my list that I forgot to mention. Yes, which one? John Wick 3. Oh, we forgot John Wick 3. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no, he's going to come kill us now because we forgot it. Oh, no. Yes, oh, no. we killed his dog. Oh, my God. No, we actually didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> we do not promote animal cruelty God, no, because John Wick will kill you. Yes, so horribly. But, oh, so good. So entertaining. It was much better than the first two, which, I, which are also Dude. really good. Dude. <laughs> First one was amazing. Second one was really good. And then this one was, I'd say, I'd say it's between one and two for me. Oh, you think it's, you don't think it's as good as two? I'd say it's not quite as good as number one because number one was just kind of the original, you know, how like you have like a new Star Wars, a new hope, but it's that for me. Oh, interesting. I loved it. Interesting. I thought it was the best one so far. Um, if you can stomach that kind of thing, if you if it's the kind of movie that you would enjoy, then I think John Wick 3 is not going to disappoint you. Absolutely not. It's violent. It has a lot of different cameos. And it has uh, the guy from Iron Chef. <laughs> the Iron Chef guy in it, which I thought was hysterical. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> and it had... It had the guys from The Raid and The Raid 2 as well. Oh, are those uh, the guys that uh, that he fought before he fought Iron Chef? Yes. Yes, that was a really cool fight scene. Oh, it was so fun. The motorcycle scene was really cool, and then there was the scene with Halle Berry and her two dogs, which yeah. was incredible and kind of frightening, but also really, really cool. It was, and also the fact that uh, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones was the uh, gang boss there. That was fun. Which Game of Thrones character was he? Um, Are you talking about the guy in the desert? The guy in the uh, the castle fort thing. The fort. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, I didn't realize that was a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, he played the mercenary guy. I didn't realize that. Man, there are a lot of cameos in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that is it, because we're running out of time, man, and because there's stuff we didn't even get to talk about. I wanted to talk about Twilight Imperium three that I played, and I wanted to talk about. Anita and I's adventures into exploring the wonderful world of Fast and the Furious, which we had never seen until recently. So, what? Yeah. So, I need to express our opinions on this at some point. So, I think we'll save that for next time because <laughs> we're up to five right now. That's all I'm going to tell you. We're working our way through them. I still need to catch up on them as well. So. Uh, <laughs> last one I saw, I think, was six. Oh, so we're we're not that far behind you then? No, not too far. <laughs> uh, but we'll 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 talk about that too because uh, this is this needs to conversation. But anything else you'd like to end with, Jeff? Before we uh, bid adieu? Nope, not really. 
well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna skip a week because I'm gonna be out next weekend in another state. But we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you all so much for joining us. I'm Jacob. I'm Jeff. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Da, 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 da.